Well, fires are officially out in Maui, Hawaii. Lahaina has been devastated with historic winds that have been whipped up by a hurricane. Pro-lifers have been indicted by the Biden administration, and now they are learning they may face up to 11 years in jail. And through it all, we're reminded that our times are in his hands. This is Heidi St. John, and you have found me at the Off the Bench podcast. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. thank you guys for tuning in today. I don't know about you, but I have been watching with uh, a fair amount of horror and a lot of prayer what's happening in Hawaii right now. Several of our friends, in fact, two of our board members for Firmly Planted Family are vacationing near Lahaina right now. And I'm waiting to hear back from one of them. I've heard from one, but not from the other one. Uh, These are two separate families that were vacationing unbeknownst to the other one. And these fires raging in Lahaina, I I was thinking about uh, just what the odds were that two of our, you know, most favorite people and precious to the ministry here would be there at the same time. It's really unbelievable what's happening there. If you're not watching, I think at the time of this recording, at least 36 people have been confirmed dead. And they're reporting that the accessibility of trying to get to these fires in some of these areas on the island, which are so remote, have made firefighting very difficult. My daughter, who was in Maui a few years ago, was telling us about the beauty of Lahaina and just the spectacular. If you've never been to Maui, I've never been to Maui, so I don't have a frame of reference. I've been to Kona and several of our friends are taking evacuees from Maui uh, over onto the big island and some of the other neighboring islands. But this is a matter, absolutely a matter for prayer. Also, I wanted to let you guys know before I jump into today's devotional, because I think it's going to tie in really beautifully today. The Biden administration, in my opinion, is a criminal administration. These are people that do not care for the rule of law. We saw this when they willfully ignored the Constitution, when Biden's uh, supposedly agreed to forgive the debt of millions of American college students, who, by the way, uh, you you know, we can talk all day long about how terrible it is that the uh, that the colleges are charging what they're charging. But the answer is not to saddle the American people with that debt and do so-called debt forgiveness. That debt forgiveness doesn't exist. You're just transferring the debt to somebody else. In this case, the American people. Joe Biden knew he did not have the constitutional authority to do this. And yet he went ahead by executive fiat and did it anyway. Then the Supreme Court struck it down. This man who cannot string two coherent sentences together, who is a laughable president uh, in the United States right now, has also been targeting the pro-life movement. So if you haven't been watching this, you absolutely need to be. Uh, I'm going to link back to an article that I found that I thought covered it really well over at PJ Media. And they reported that dozens, they've got some great pictures there too from the Associated Press, but dozens of pro-life or rather violent pro-abortion activists who attacked crisis pregnancy centers did not face any consequences But pro-lifers charged by the Biden administration could face up to 11 years of jail time. And as always, the Biden administration is targeting the wrong, quote, problem. Here's the deal, you guys. We saw this in COVID. We saw this with George Floyd. The left can get away with anything it wants to, literally getting away with murder in this case. But they were rioting in Minneapolis, rioting in downtown Portland, rioting in Seattle, rioting in New York City, rioting in Chicago, and nothing happens. 
But the pro-lifers stand up in defense of the unborn and the Biden administration goes after them. This to me is akin to the Biden administration calling parents who are concerned that radical sex education is in their child's school which it is. Now these parents are not just concerned parents. The Department of Justice under Joe Biden wants them to be labeled as domestic terrorists. Listen to this. Americans peacefully protesting abortion and waiting to counsel women to listen outside abortion clinics have been charged by the Biden administration's Department of Justice on August the 9th. So this just happened. For instance, Last year, pro-life atheist Herb Garathi was indicted for supposed violations of the Freedom to Access Clinic Entrances Act. Since then, 11 other peaceful protesters have been charged with the same violations for an alleged blockade of a Mount Juliet, Tennessee abortion clinic in 2021. A federal indictment alleges that the pro-life defendants, quote, engaged in a conspiracy to prevent the clinic from providing and patients from receiving abortion services and violated the FACE Act by, quote, using physical obstruction to intimidate and interfere with the clinic's employee and a patient. Attorneys for the defendants argued in a motion to dismiss that post Dobbs v. Jackson, the Supreme Court ruling that overturned, of course, Roe v. Wade, that there is no federally protected right to abortion. And of course, the far left judge in the case denied the motion. I'm going to encourage you to keep your eye on the ball here because we've got huge issues coming up in 2024. And if this radical administration is allowed another term in the White House, we are going to see the persecution of Christians, the persecution of the pro-life agenda, pro-life individuals ramp up to the next level. The 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 radical left, which has really taken over the Democrat Party, bears no resemblance to the Democrat Party, even that I grew up with. And we're watching now as some of the Democrats in their own party are starting to go, hey, I'm jumping ship. I don't recognize these guys. They don't represent me. And I think we're going to see more and more and more of that. Uh, meanwhile, in Seattle, a retired cop, and I'll link back to this in the show notes because someone sent it to me this morning. I thought, man, this woman I'm proud of her for speaking out. It's too bad she couldn't do it and retain her job. But she just unloaded this retired uh, Seattle cop. She was in the Seattle Police Department for over 20 years. And she unloaded on the mayor whom she called spineless and an extremist city council in a brutal resignation letter that went viral on the Internet. And she said, Chief Diaz, let me tell you, the state of the Seattle Police Department and this city is a disgrace, she wrote. The toxic mix of the Seattle City Council's absurdity, the spinelessness of the mayor, the leniency of the prosecutor's office and your failed leadership has accelerated this city's downhill slide straight to rock bottom. The promise, the problems rather, were already brewing before you came on the scene. But since your arrival, it's been a free fall into anarchy and chaos. Listen, I'm going to go back to what I said before. Everything that the left touches in this country is ruined, whether it's the uh, the traditional family, whether it's people who are peacefully protesting. Notice that the government didn't go after anyone who was peacefully protesting George Floyd. Oh, wait, there wasn't anyone doing that. Those guys were riotous. But those of us who stood up for our rights and defended our rights in uh, COVID-19, for example, and we went after the government for saying, hey, I'm going to lock you down. Hey, you don't have that right. You can't do that. And what is happening? The government is coming after peaceful protesters 
parents who are defending the right of their children not to be exposed to radical sex education, pro-lifers who want to stand up for the unborn, these innocent little ones who are being torn limb from limb, brutalized in their mother's womb, stabbed in the heart with uh, needles, which are filled with digoxin, right? A poison that stops their heart. Uh, murdered by saline abortion and dismembered in the in the womb. And who does the Biden administration go after? He goes after those people who would stand in the way of those who are being taken to their death. That, by the way, is the role of the Christian. The role of the Christian is to stand up for what God says to stand up for. And as I was reading in the Psalms this morning, I was reminded again that our times are really in the Lord's hands. Listen to this from Psalm 31, starting in verse nine. Be gracious to me, O Lord. This is King David, be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. One of the things I love about David is that he was never one to shy away from his own sin. He recognizes that his body and his life groans under the weight of sin and much of it is his own sin. He's saying that my years are spent with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity, because of my sin. My bones waste away because of all my adversaries. I've become a reproach. I was thinking about uh, Donald Trump and what they're doing to him. Last I heard just yesterday that another indictment's getting ready to come down against him. Listen, this is a political witch hunt. Unlike none of us have ever seen in the history of this nation, they are attacking this man because he's a threat and they do not want him to be able to run for office. And so they're trying to bankrupt him. If if you can't, if people can't see that by now, we got bigger problems than just what's happening in the Biden White House. But he said, because of my adversaries, I become a reproach, especially to my neighbors and an object of dread to my acquaintances. And those who see me on the street flee from me. I've been forgotten like one who is dead. I've become like a broken vessel for I hear the whispering of many terror on every side. They scheme together against me. They plot to take my life. Now look at verse 14. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. By now, you guys know my grave concern for the future of our country that is basically at risk because our public high schools and our universities are pushing communism and socialism as if they were beneficial to the nation. If you want to teach your students how to defend the history of this country, we've got a great opportunity for you. You can learn from a teacher who has founded a college that rivals the Ivy Leagues, an activist who has fought to protect religious freedom, and a lawyer who's argued before the Supreme Court and won Michael Ferris brings his knowledge and expertise working within the American political and legal systems right into your home in a brand new 30-week course designed for high school students. The lectures are packed with personal stories and thoughtful questions from this seasoned expert, and your students will form a thoughtful stance on the American ideals this country was founded upon and leave with the tools to defend that stance. Pre-enroll by August 15th with the promo code HEIDI to participate in live Q&As with Mike Ferris. Remember, there are co-op and single household options available. This is fully online and it's self-paced. Content for the fall semester releases August 3rd and Unit 1 is available for free when you create an account at Lumen.com. That's L-U-M-N. 
H-E-I-D-I-F-I-F-T-E-E-N.com. And don't forget, use the coupon code HEIDI15, that's H-E-I-D-I-1-5, by August 15th to save 15%. David trusted the Lord. He trusted him in the midst of unthinkable circumstances. And as I was thinking about uh, these people that have been, they're being evacuated now off of Maui and what's happening in Lahaina. At last I heard there were over 11,000 tourists that have been taken off the island. Over 2,000 people have been evacuated there. We are reminded again that our, our times really do belong to the Lord. And in Psalm 31, King David's addressing God in prayer. And it's the king's prayer, right? Made during a difficult time in his life. It's very easy to look at the life of David and say there weren't very many times in his life that were without difficulty. But he's asking for the Lord's deliverance. He's telling of the Lord's deliverance. And if you make it to the end of the psalm, he finally gives this application for the reader to say, hey, your times belong to the Lord. Let's look for uh, for another example in Habakkuk 3, starting in verse 17. This is Habakkuk rejoicing the Lord, and he's coming out of a season of suffering. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vine, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice. There's another conjunction, right? The homeschool mom to me is like, oh, look, there's another conjunction. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. Psalm 46, verse one, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. And as believers, we are called to look to the Lord in times of trouble. And I believe that this nation, and you guys have heard me say this before, we are ripe for judgment here. I think largely because of the issue of life If you haven't had a chance to see my interview with my friend, Pastor Jack Hibbs, I was in Southern California a few weeks ago for the Chia conference, and uh, I ended up being able to go down and record with him. And he was saying the same thing that I've been saying for a long, long time, which is the issue of life. He believes, for example, that God's hand would once again be on the nation of China if they would repent and turn away from the wickedness that is forced abortion in that country. And we don't have forced abortion, at least not the kind that we talk about here in the United States, but we've absolutely legalized it. And even though the Supreme Court has kicked it back to the states, it is still a sin, a stench in the nostrils of God. And our nation is being judged for it. And so we need to be really thinking, what does it look like as we come into this next season? How can we stand up for righteousness? How can we again come back to the roots of this nation, the Judeo-Christian founding of this nation, and the way that we conduct business, honor the Lord, because that's what needs to happen. We need to be honoring the Lord in the way that we conduct our business as a nation, starting with the scourge of abortion. And so I'm hopeful as we watch what's happening in the news, we're watching what's happening in Hawaii, watching what's happening in the city of Seattle, which my husband was born in, born in Seattle. And we care about that city. We should care about where we are. This is the prophet Jeremiah telling us we should care about the cities that God places us in. Has God placed you in a rural community? Care about it. Help. Where can you help? Has God placed you in Kona, Hawaii? Then God has something for you to do. You can help. You can help in the name of the Lord. We should be doing that wherever we are because God wants us to be ambassadors for him. 
the Apostle Paul said, it's as if he is making his appeal through us saying, come back to me, come back to me. I want to read a question from a listener. I've been trying to get to these. And uh, this one came in from a listener in Puerto Rico. And I appreciate you guys writing into me. Her name is Danielle. And she said, hi, Heidi, I have been homeschooling my son for the last two years. Uh, He's in high school, so his freshman and sophomore year, I have homeschooled him. We recently moved and are blessed with a wonderful private school nearby and are hoping to enroll him. Unfortunately, they only accept students that have a transcript from an accredited homeschool program. Is there a way to get an accredited transcript? All right, I got two big problems with this right off the bat. First of all, the fact that they want an accredited transcript makes smoke come out of my ears. The fact that you have homeschooled him and you have done the work is enough. And if this school won't recognize it, I don't want my kid going to that school. I'm sorry. This whole idea of accreditation for homeschooling basically says, we want you to take your work before some government agency who can say, oh yeah, uh, mom did her homework. You know, mom did what she was supposed to do. But the fact of the matter is the work that you have done for your son should be enough. You should be able to say, these are the grades that I gave my son. These are the classes that he took. This was the work that he did. I'm a huge fan, by the way, of keeping a notebook of your child's work. We did this through our kids, uh, for all of our kids, all the way through high school. So if it was a paper that they wrote or a test that they took or a chemistry exam or a, a lab notebook, we kept all those things in case in an interview for a college, should my kids want to go to a college or a university in case they needed to see samples of their work. So if you have samples of of your child's work, I would take those in, take a transcript that you have made yourself and write on it. These are the classes that my son took. This is the grade that he got for each one of these classes. Here's his cumulative GPA and it should be enough. If it's not enough, I would take that complaint to the highest person that I could take it to. So probably the school administrator, the principal, probably the superintendent. Take that to him and say, this is not right. My son has done his work. He is a homeschooled student. He does not need to have an accreditation. Now, if you're in the public school, they're going to give you an accreditation, which, you know, really stands for nothing. Because as I told you guys before, the public school system doesn't give two wits about whether or not your child is excelling in reading, writing, and arithmetic. They want your kid to excel in woke ideology and to look at their neighbor and say, you know what, maybe you're of the opposite gender that you were born in. You never know, right? But you've done the work. This is, I feel the same way about moms who come to me and they say, my student can't get into, you know, like for us, for example, our son, one of our sons and one of our daughters wanted to go to the Aveda Institute in Portland uh, to learn to become a hairstylist. And the Veda, uh, shame on these people, would not take my child's transcript. It wasn't enough. They wanted my child to get a GED. And I was like, no to the no, no, no. I did not just spend four years of my life making sure that you crossed every T and dotted every I and met the requirements for a high school education in Washington State, only to have you go to a beauty school and have the beauty school say, nah, that's not enough. I want you to get a GED. So we fought it and we ended up going to to other schools. But the Aveda Institute in Portland, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I always tell people, if you want your if your kid wants to go to a beauty school or whatever, they you know, they're kind of very uppity around there. I can't remember what they call it now. The Aveda Institute. It's the Institute. Uh, and, if, and if they say your homeschooled student needs to get a GED. No, I'm sorry. You now don't get my student. That's how I feel about it. And frankly, that's how I feel about this high school 
that is telling you that your homeschool transcript is not enough. I encourage you guys, I'm gonna say it again, keep records, very good records when your children are in high school so that if you need to give proof of the work that they have done, save samples. I mean, obviously you're not gonna save every single thing or you're gonna have you know a file a mile high, but save samples of their work. Make sure that you document the classes that they take. Make sure you document their community service. Did they get a job? When did they get their uh, driver's license? Do you have a child, uh, for instance, who's attending flight school or doing something to volunteer for in a homeless shelter or something to that effect? Make sure that you keep a very good record of what your student is doing in high school. And then if your school still won't take it, I would say dust your shoes off and move on. Because to me, that school is not worthy of having a student who has done the work and uh and just so happens, I mean, to me, that's discrimination. To me, they're discriminating. I hate to use the D word, but it feels like it to me. They're discriminating against your students. So that might not have been the answer you were looking for, Danielle. But uh, this idea of a school wanting an accredited homeschool program, you are the one. You are the accrediting agency, mom. If you're homeschooling your kid, dad, you are the accrediting agency and your word is trustworthy and you need to keep good records of your kids. And I'm telling you what, this is very unusual. High schools, I mean, colleges rather are looking for homeschooled kids because they're looking for self-starters. They're looking for kids who can think outside the box. They're looking for kids who understand critical thinking and have been trained that way. And by and large, homeschooled students are known for those academic traits. All right, you guys, that's all I've got time for today. Get into the word of God today. Read Psalm 31 uh, with your kids and be reminded that your times belong to the Lord. Our times are in his hands. He's the one we serve. And one of these days, we're going to meet him face to face. I've got a brand new book coming out. It is up for pre-order right now, wherever books are sold, Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon has it. Of course, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com and pre-order that book. We are doing really awesome thing. We're going to be having a, uh, a book launch party here, and I'm going to try to pull it up. I just lost my cursor. We're going to have uh, the very last week of August. If you're anywhere in the area, August 29th. Uh, at a wonderful restaurant in Battleground. It used to be called the Rusty Grape, and now it's La Uva Fortuna, and we are gonna have a fantastic time there. That is a free event, 6 o'clock p.m. for the launch party. The first 25 people in line that night are gonna get a free signed copy of my book. I'll be there to sign books. We're gonna give away door prizes. We're gonna have a wonderful charcuterie board. You guys are gonna have a great time. Come out and celebrate with me what God has done as we launch MomStrong 365 Everyday Truths for Everyday Moms. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love you so much and for leaving reviews for this podcast. They make a huge difference and we appreciate it. Have a great day and I'll see you right back here again tomorrow with my friend, Dr. Mark Sherwood, and we're gonna be answering your questions.